Hi everyone, and welcome to Alopecia's Audacity Podcast, proudly hosted by the Canadian Alopecia Areata Foundation. I'm Sarah Teske. I'm Crystal Malcolm. And I'm Lauren Harrison. We're here to offer you a breath of fresh air from those without hair. Now listen, alopecia isn't easy, but we're going to challenge its audacity through our candid conversations, letting hair loss know that it cannot stop us from living our best life. We're here to empower, educate, and inspire you so that you leave us feeling confident knowing that you can be bald, bold, and free, not only on your own, but when you're surrounded by others. On behalf of Canadians who have been diagnosed with alopecia areata, CANF promotes awareness, education, raises funds for research, and so much more for those affected by this autoimmune disease. You can find CANF on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at CANF. That is C-A-N-A-A-F. And learn more about our organization at CANF.org. On our homepage, you can subscribe to receive our monthly emails, and we'll send you updates on our latest episodes, as well as other alopecia news and event updates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Alopecia's Audacity. Today on the podcast, we're exploring one of our greatest powers, which is self-love, and how we can use it to motivate ourselves through the fears that come with having alopecia. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control how we treat ourselves and find strength in our journey, whatever it may entail. So ladies, let's get into our conversation today. I'm super excited. So to start us off, I have a question for you all. There's some research out there that shows that 70 to 80% of our daily thoughts are negative. And when you lose all your hair, at least for me, these negative thoughts seem to amplify even more. So how have you both turned these thoughts around and developed a self-loving mindset? Wow, that's a pretty loaded question. I know, a good one to start, right? <laughs> right, you're making me think. Well, I think this whole thing about self the self-loving mindset, it's definitely really tricky, especially when it comes to hair loss, because as we all know, we don't have control. And I think that's one of the main things for me is I always need to be in control. I'm a little busybody. I need to know what's going on with my life, my body, my mind, everything. But what I've learned in my hair loss journey is I've had to learn how to make myself a priority and not an option. That was one of the biggest things was creating this narrative where even though I don't have control, I'm still the star of the show. I'm still Crystal. I still matter. I know I look different. I know that I can't control my circumstances in terms of what's going on with my body, but I can do little things to honor myself in spite of. So things that I would do would be like take myself on a date. And I know that's going to be a little bit scary for some people, but it is so therapeutic and empowering to be able to just take yourself on a date. And what I mean by that is it could be something as simple as going for a walk on a path. It could be going for a walk on a beach, taking yourself to the movies, Um, whatever that is, buying yourself a cup of coffee and a butter tart because I'm obsessed with butter charts. I think just being in the moment by yourself. And I know Uh, Some of our listeners may not feel comfortable going out in public bald or with thinning hair, and that's totally fine. I'm not saying that you have to do that. You can definitely wear a wig, wear a hat, whatever makes you comfortable. But the point is you're outside and you're not isolating yourself and locking yourself up in your room, that sort of thing. You're still enjoying the sunshine, getting some vitamin D. Um, Another thing that I I do is I buy myself flowers. I'm a plant mom by nature. (laughs) But I think buying myself flowers is so important because it's also very reflective. Because when you look at flowers, they're so beautiful, but they're also different. 
They're different colors, they're different textures, all of that stuff. So to me, when I see flowers, I see myself like there's there's so many layers to me. Do you know what I mean? And flowers just look Mm -hmm. beautiful and they're so refreshing and they're just so I don't know, they're just pretty. And I feel like I'm pretty and it just makes me feel happy. And um, other things that I did to help uh, cultivate this self-loving mindset was that I would give myself time and space to grieve and to sit in whatever feeling I was in. So even though I'm taking myself out on a date, even though I'm buying myself flowers, if I'm having a day where or a moment where I'm feeling happy and sad at the same time, or I'm just feeling angry, I don't try to dismiss it by changing the subject or making myself busy. I actually acknowledge it for what it is, where I'm at, and I work through that. And sometimes that means I just have to sit by myself. Sometimes it means I have to journal. Uh, Sometimes it means I just need a moment to pause and to figure out why am I feeling this way? Did something trigger me? You know, so I think it's important to give yourself space and time to grieve uh, wherever you're at. Another thing that I did or that because sometimes I'm hit and miss with this, it was I would make my bed. There's something about making your bed, even when you don't feel like it, it's a start to the day. And if you haven't accomplished anything all day, when you get home from work or school or whatever it is, at least if you walk into your space, which is your bedroom, your bedroom is supposed to be a safe haven. And at least when you walk in, if all else fails throughout the whole day, you can walk in there and know that you made your bed, then that's an accomplishment. And that's something that I started doing. And actually a dear friend of mine said that to me. She's like, make your bed. Because if everything else in the day goes haywire, the one accomplishment you have is that you made your bed. Um, I think that's very important. And um, something that I hated doing before uh, that I had to force myself to do was look in the mirror and practice smiling and speaking. I would make like I'd stick my tongue out at myself. I would do all kind of crazy stuff. But I felt like that was kind of a way for me to just embrace the new me because I'm with myself 24-7. So even though I look different, something's got to give. So I I have to face myself, right? If I can't look at myself in the mirror, how am I going to look at other people in the eye? You know? Right. So yeah. I, yeah. So I think practice makes perfect. Um, and recognizing that you're imperfectly perfect and that's okay. So those are the kinds of things that I did to kind of help cultivate a self-loving mindset. <laughs> wow. You should write a book right now. Like the amount of things that you just said. Wow. You're knocking it out of the park. I love that one, just making your bed because I feel the same way. Like if my bed isn't made, it just makes me feel a little more stressed inside. You know, it's just something easy that you can do just to come home to a space where you feel like you have have your stuff together, I guess, in a way. <laughs> yeah. And don't you find when you don't make your bed, when you walk in the room, you just feel anxious. Like you feel like everything's chaotic because I've got yes. laundry on my bed. I've got my yeah. pillows everywhere. My comforter's disarray. Like I just feel like if I've had a chaotic day at work or school or whatever, and then I come into my room and then the bed's chaotic, that just is a trigger for me. It just doesn't make it better, you know? For sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I would say... What's really helped me is accepting that this is normal behavior for our human brains. And even if we might feel a little bit alone in our, in our kind of inner narrative, a lot of other people are facing these, these critical thoughts too. And this, this voice that tends to be on the negative end. So once I've accepted that, it's comforting to realize, oh, this is, this is the human experience. Like we're all kind of in it together. And then from that point, I treat it like a little bit of a a dusting inside my head. Like I'm trying to clear the cobwebs 
from my brain. And then it's just a daily practice and a daily challenge that I'm going to come from a place of self-respect in order to change these thoughts and and turn them into a more positive narrative rather than a place of striving to be dramatically different. But there's still so much work to do. For sure. I think for all of us, there is. But I love what you said about clearing the cobwebs. I think that's such a great analogy because it really is. It's and it's not it's not always like clear cut too. Like for me, sometimes I have like these negative feelings inside, but I don't know what kind of thought is producing it. I just know I have this awful feeling inside. And so I have to force myself to slow my thoughts down and really listen closely to figure out what I'm thinking to cause that negative feeling. So I think it always is a learning process where you're trying to just kind of understand what's going on inside your mind and then, you know, challenge it, right? Challenge it, clear the cobwebs and find something that's a little more loving to say to yourself. No, absolutely. And I think that's that's just another nature of alopecia is that it makes us uncomfortable. And the fact that this is such a daily challenge and the fact that we every day we have to practice these forms of self-love because, like you said, we never know where these feelings of negativity are going to come from, right? And so... I think it's important that we understand that alopecia forces us to be uncomfortable and it forces you to have to sit with your feelings because there's so many things happening in our mind and our body at once. So I was going to ask you guys, what are your coping strategies that you guys use to like kind of work through the discomfort of it? Very good question. For me, I... I love a good meditation or yoga session. That's that's what I do when my mind feels very overwhelmed. It really helps me refocus my energy and calm the storm that's happening inside of me. And meditation also helps me to notice what thoughts are going on in my brain and to practice listening without judgment, you know, without shaming myself. And a big part of accepting alopecia is finding your power and being able to go through all of your emotions without judging or shaming yourself for how you feel. So meditation has really helped me come a long way with that. And then for yoga, it's such a gentle and invigorating form of movement that helps you shuffle the energy around inside your body when it's feeling stuck or stagnant. So sometimes a little breathing exercise, a little yoga is the best medicine for resetting your mind so you can find uh, a way to be present and calm. And then, yeah. Yeah. So those are the things I love to do. I also love uh, walking. I love journaling. Really anything that helps me stay present and mindful while working through my thoughts. I love that. Do you practice yoga and meditation at a studio or is it something you do at home? Because I know some people may be so um, insecure when it comes to their alopecia. So they may not want to go to a studio or, you know, to a workshop or something like that. So is there like YouTube videos that you watch or do you do it just in the privacy of your own home? Like where, where do you practice? Yeah, so I I mostly practice at home unless if we're going to puppy yoga because that's that's a must. We have to go out for that one. But yeah, I I prefer being in the comfort of my own home when doing yoga. So I I go on YouTube and I do yoga with Adrian. She's a YouTuber. She has tons of fantastic videos. Some of them are focused on different areas of the body, like if your back or shoulders are feeling sore, um, anything like that. Or she also has videos focused on different uh, mindsets. So if you're feeling stressed or scared or anxious, anything like that, uh, her practices can help you target what you're feeling and work through those. So I find her practices really great. Um, I will go out and do yoga like in classes as well. But I kind of just love that yoga is something that you can really do anywhere. So I can be at home and do yoga and I don't need too much space to do it. Just a yoga mat and maybe a video, you know, 
when you're breathing or meditating, you just find a chair and you're good. You can do it anywhere. So that's really what I love about it. It's very versatile. And wherever I am, even if I'm in the office, you know, I can kind of find a quiet moment just to recollect my thoughts if I need to. Yeah. That's amazing, Sarah. Yeah. How about you, Lauren? What do you do? Well, it sounds a little bit like a broken record because I definitely am on the yoga and meditation wavelength right there with you. Just because of what you've said, I've found it to be such an interesting practice. No one yoga practice day to day is the same. Even if you were to put on the same video or going to a studio and and doing the same style of yoga, whether it's vinyasa or yin, the way that you show up to your practice is always a little bit different. Um, So that's a great exercise for me in terms of being present and, and getting to know sort of how I'm sitting with the discomfort. And I would agree with you too, that meditation has that similar benefit where you get to pay attention to the thoughts that are going on. And in that, I find I really have to look at the way that I'm speaking to myself. And as we mentioned earlier, it kind of gives you a chance to audit your thoughts and sit with the discomfort. So to me, yoga and meditation have really been helpful in terms of getting getting to know the discomfort a little bit better that comes with alopecia and comes with such a self-awareness that we sort of develop. And the other thing that I am working on is kind of a daily practice of of self-compassion and learning a little bit more about what that means. Because I think compassion for others is so, so important, but I didn't necessarily realize what self-compassion turning it inwards really looked like until I did some reading and I, I started to do the work and I noticed, oh, this doesn't always feel as sunshiny and positive as I thought it would feel. It comes from a place of love for sure, but it also comes from a place of radical acceptance and being honest with yourself. And then facing those feelings, you know that it's a chance to meet yourself exactly where you are. And as I said, it just doesn't always feel as warm and bright as, you know, what it's made out to be. Self-care isn't always bubble baths and that kind of sentiment. It's really about meeting yourself where you are and and putting in the daily reps of self-acceptance as if you were training to build a muscle. You're kind of strengthening that muscle of this is who I am and this is how I accept myself. All the parts kind of thing. Well said. I love that. I love that. Yes. Building muscle. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I guess speaking of discomfort, it's made me think based on what we're talking about, a lot of us have fears in dealing with our alopecia and we might fear going out in public, going swimming, traveling, dating, you know, even finding love. There are a lot of levels to it. So I'd like to know how you have overcome your fear kind of in these domains. Well, uh, that's a loaded question. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Another hard hitting cue. Oh my gosh. Um, Fear and alopecia definitely go hand in hand. This is something that's taken a very, very, very long time for me to work through. And I guess some of the things I could think of would be like asking myself what's the worst thing that could happen versus the best thing that could happen. So for example, if I'm wearing a wig and I'm not trying to scare any of our listeners, but okay, the worst thing that could happen is my wig could fall off. The best thing that could happen is that my wig looks fabulous and I get compliments about my hair. Do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, and even like the worst thing that could happen about, for example, me going out bald is people making inappropriate comments. But the good thing about me going outside bald is people could still make inappropriate comments, but I'm outside being fabulous and being unapologetically bare. So what difference does it make? Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Mm-hmm. I think it's all about perspective and no one can make you do anything because I feel like your heart and your mind aren't in sync. Like if they're not in sync, you're going to be stuck. And I know that the two can conflict with each other because, you know, as we all know, the mind does what the heart feels. But you, I think for me, I just had to make up my mind and just do it. And it's also starting small. And it could be something like me just going to get my mail without a wig or, you know, maybe me, I don't know, going to the mall to to buy a new pair of pants or something like whatever it is, whatever that small is for you, grabbing a cup of coffee, you know, it's it's just about starting where you're most comfortable. And I think I'll even use my, the analogy of swimming. So I've always had a fear of water. Actually, I've been petrified of water. And one of the reasons why is because I always felt like I couldn't conquer it. And so what I decided to do was I did it afraid anyways. And I went and I registered for lessons, never told anybody. And (laughs) my first swimming lesson, my mom came with me. And there's, you know, toddlers there. There's kids, uh, I don't know, maybe in their teens. There was, did I see any adults? No, maybe just the instructors. But there there were kids that were maybe like five and under. And then there's me, 45 year old me getting in this water. And I will say the first time I went in, I was so scared because she was like, okay, the first thing we're going to teach you to do is like, put your head underwater. And I was like, who are you talking to? I'm scared of water. And you want me to put my head underwater? Are you crazy? But you know what? I did it anyway. And the best thing that happened is I was like, oh my gosh, I could see underwater. This is so cool. And I actually began to loosen up. And as I loosened up, Every swimming class got easier and more fun. And I started to change the narrative. Like I actually looked forward to going to swim class. And to the point now where one of my exercises that I do a couple times a week is aquafit, you know, where you're actually doing aerobics in the water with weights. And it's amazing. And just the other day, actually, I left my swimming cap in my gym bag and I didn't even realize it. And I went to the pool bald and I completely forgot until I got in the water and I saw somebody else with a swim cap. And I'm like, I'm like touching my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, I left my swim cap. But nothing bad happened. I had a fantastic class, you know? So it's really about changing the narrative and being the author of your own story. And I feel like it's also important for us to remember that we matter. And we're on this planet for a reason and the world needs us. And we just need to live our lives and do it anyways, because people are always going to opinion. The world is always going to world. Life is going to always life. (laughs) And I've realized I can't live my life in fear of what other people may think or say, because I have no control of that. So I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to make my bed and I'm going to do it afraid anyways. So, yeah. So that's kind of how I've kind of overcome my fears. Wow. You said it, girl. Yes. That's it all. (laughs) Oh, I love that. You got to do it afraid. You got to just put one foot in front of the other. And I like how you said you just take things in small steps too, because that's kind of what I do. I... When things are very scary, I focus on putting one foot in front of the other. And like by only focusing on the next five minutes and not, you know, the entire task or the entire experience in front of me really helps me to take my overwhelming fear and break it down into something more manageable, smaller pieces, you know? It's kind of like food. If we if we tried to swallow an apple whole, we would choke. <laughs> but in slices, we can eat it and, you know, kind of find a way to enjoy it. So I've also learned that to accept fear, you can't fight it. You have to accept it. 
I know how fear works enough to know that it's not going to go away until the thing that's causing it is over. So I let myself feel the fear and not feel ashamed of it. And I accept that it's going to be along with me for the ride. And now I have a choice to be courageous. Um, you know, for all those Game of Thrones fans out there, I don't know if there's any listening right now, but there's a quote that I think of often when I'm facing fear. And it's when Bran asks his dad, Ned, can a man still be brave if he's afraid? And Ned says, that is the only time a man can be brave. And so if swimming is something you really want to do, you'll have to do it through the fear to conquer it. And eventually swimming will become less scary over time and you'll start enjoying it more. Just like Crystal is saying, you know, you have to do it through the fear. And another thing that I do is I practice gratitude. So every morning I say out loud people and things that I'm grateful to have in my life. And that helps me start my day off with a positive mindset. So I end up looking forward to the day much more with those things in mind. And I'm able to find much more beauty in the small things. And oddly enough, I think that having alopecia helped me to develop a grateful mindset. I mean, if we were all granted everything in life that we dreamed of and desired, why would we need to be grateful, you know? there wouldn't be a point of being grateful. It's only an absence that we're able to feel gratitude. So I think in a strange way, alopecia has developed me, helped me develop that mindset. I think it's kind of why I have the ability to be grateful. So yeah, those are, those are a few things that I do. Uh, Sarah for president. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Honestly, that's amazing. I love that. Wow. I was like trying to take notes as you were talking. And I love that you said like, just take things step by step. And I love the thing about like, just focus on like within the moment, like within that five minutes, don't think about the whole day. Cause I think like mm -hmm. I'm a planner and sometimes I can get carried away. And I love the fact that you just, it's focusing on that moment in that moment, because we don't know right. what's going to happen five minutes from now. So let's just focus on the five minutes, you know? Exactly. Oh, exactly. Can I get yeah. an amen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the beauty of self-compassion, right, Sarah? You're talking about coexisting with the fear and letting it be there, leaning into it, and then also calling on some self-love and I think some some positive emotions along with the fear, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I even feel that too when I'm in public sometimes and uh, someone has an opinion about my alopecia or they approach me about it. You know, there's always that spike of anxiety at first, but then I'm able to work through that with self-love. You know, I really tap into it and I just tell them exactly how I feel because I know with love on my side, I know that no matter what that person may say, I can handle it. I've got my back. And this doesn't mean my anxiety in that moment just magically vanishes. No, instead, I entreat myself with compassion by validating my anxiety and setting boundaries with the person in front of me. And so, you know, in a situation where you have someone approach you about your alopecia, I think it's most important to be honest with them, whether you're in a place where you're comfortable with your appearance or not. For me, I'm comfortable being a bald woman. So I have this statement prepared ahead of time. I say, I appreciate your concern, but I'm happy with the way I look. Or I might say, I appreciate your concern, but saying that is not helpful to me. Here's what you can say to be supportive. So self-love really is the secret ingredient here because without it, you won't be able to be understanding with yourself and be firm and set boundaries with the other person. It'll only make your anxiety feel worse. Do you guys feel that too when someone approaches you in public about your alopecia? Like how do you deal with those comments? Do you have to tap into self-love too or? I think for me, I'm just direct. 
I think I've done enough work and healing within myself that I'm just, I'm so over people's opinions. Like I've tapped out. Like if somebody says something to me, it just depends on my mood too. Because you can catch me on a good day and you catch me on a bad day. So I try to be respectful and I try to read the room. Like if somebody's being rude about it, you may get a little testy crystal back. Um, If somebody's genuinely just curious or has a question or assumes maybe I've gone through treatment or whatever it is, then I'll I'll respond with more of an understanding, compassionate type of way. Um, I used to have elevator pitches in my head, but I feel like sometimes in the moment, all those elevator pitches go out the window because I never remember them. So for me, the direct the direct approach is the best approach um, that I found. And I don't take anything personal. Sometimes I just feel like people are just naturally ignorant and they can't help it. Uh, some people just don't care. But I think I'm at a place in my journey where I love myself so much. And like you, Sarah, I love being bald. I wouldn't change this for anything in the world. So there isn't anything that anybody can say to make me feel less than about myself. And like you said, even if you're not feeling the greatest that day, they don't need to know that. You know what I mean? It's all about projection and how you're presenting yourself. And it's a great way for you to assert and take back your power especially for those who feel like alopecia has stolen from them. This is a way for you to regain that power is by walking with your head held high, look that person in the eye and say what you got to say, because nobody's going to spare your feelings. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I totally agree. Direct is the way. You know, you just got to say what you mean, be honest, set those boundaries. And that's the best way through it. And like you said, we have enough love for ourselves that we won't feel less than no matter what someone else says to us right? Because we, we understand ourselves. We love ourselves for who we are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You said it, Crystal. It's a little bit of a tough pill to swallow, but nobody is going to spare our feelings. So that's where that ingredient that Sarah mentioned, Mm self-love, that's where that comes in. And I think you just have to sprinkle it everywhere. Slap it on as much as you can. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, sometimes I've actually been asked before, you know, what if I'm afraid that I won't mean the things that I say to myself? What if I'm afraid I don't believe that I love myself? And that question made me so sad when I heard that. But I think what the really important part is, is that you don't give yourself any other option but to mean the words that you say to yourself. So if you say to yourself something loving, you mean it. You don't give yourself an option. Loving yourself takes determination. It doesn't just happen. Self-love is a choice. And you live with yourself through all these pains and fears and joy and all the rest. And you must choose to love yourself through it all. You love yourself as hard as you can because if you don't, you'll be lost. Like, you know, how will you live your life in that way, right? I think it's just loving yourself fiercely and with determination is so important. And just making sure other people sense that energy from you. Sarah, that's amazing. It's unconditional love that you've put into practice. And as you said, it's just absolutely fierce, which leads me to a question. Um, You know, even if you feel fierce and determined in your self-love, I think that there are still so many questions. And oftentimes we feel like we're forced to explain ourselves and it kind of leads to a feeling of explanation fatigue or just, you know, the the daunting pressure of over-explaining ourselves. So when you have comments from others or, you know, potential comments from others, how do you cope with these? Um, You know, I think sometimes even like in that over-explanation thing, there's always that like that question of, well, why don't you just wear a wig or why don't you just wear lashes or you know, why don't you do your brows or something just so we could fit in and feel normal? And I find that so obnoxious and annoying. (laughs) 
I do get exhausted talking about alopecia. <laughs> Hence, we're on a podcast. How, what an oxymoron. But I mean, like, it's <laughs> like, there is this explanation fatigue that I do feel because I just want to go outside and be great. I don't want to have to think about what I may say based on someone's ignorance or someone's curiosity. But how I deal with over-explaining is I just have to remind myself that I'm an original and I'm not a copy. And who wants to be basic anyways? And at the end of the day, as bald women, we are going to stand out because we don't see this very often. And I think for me, I'd rather just be myself than try to be someone or something that I'm not. And I recently decided to stop wearing wigs and headscarves to work. And I don't know if I shared this with you guys. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was just like, I just woke up in the morning, didn't give it a second thought, got dressed, ate my breakfast, did my makeup, and I was out the door. And as I was driving to work, I was listening to my music and I felt great. I went to work, sat at my desk, and guess what, guys? Nothing changed. People still treated me like Crystal. I had some people say, oh, wow. I had other people hug me. I had some of my colleagues cry. I had someone say, well, good morning, gorgeous. Like, Aww. you know, <laughs> and I didn't have to explain myself. I just was. And that was the beauty of it because I walked in there not making a big deal out of it. And I think that ties in with this whole notion of having to overexplain yourself because I feel like if you don't make a big deal out of it, others aren't. And they're not going to want to ask you questions or they'll feel less inclined to ask you questions because you're not making a big deal about your alopecia. You're not walking into a room saying, hey, look at me, I'm bald. Hey, look at me, I have thinning hair. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like for me, it's just one of those things where I'm just so proud of where I am in my hair loss journey, no matter how big or small that is, that that's my my superpower. And that's like my ammunition. So I don't feel like I have to over explain anymore. I control the narrative. And if I don't want to talk about it, I'm not answering your question. And you have to be okay with that. I don't know. Does that make sense, guys? <laughs> yeah. No, that's so precious. And I'm I'm very happy for you that we're, you were able to go out to work and just be authentically you and just express yourself in any way that you want to. And everyone was so supportive. And I really do feel like it's it's about your energy too, right? The more comfortable you are with your alopecia, the more comfortable others will be too. And I think it sounds like you rocked it that day. I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. Thanks, mm -hmm. girl. I will say that. <laughs> Thank you. I will say, though, sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. Even if you're not feeling comfortable and confident, just fake it till you make it. They're not going to know the difference mm. anyways. Right. But in, in that same token, I will say that you have to also be able to handle criticism without taking it personal, mm -hmm. because not everybody's going to think bald is beautiful. I mean, look how mm -hmm. we're portrayed right. in the media. Right. So you have to be able to understand and be aware that not everybody's going to accept this as beautiful and empowering and strong. And, you know, we just have to take it for what it is. Uh, people are going to reject us sometimes. And I don't feel like rejection is the end of the world, especially um, going back, looping back to the where we we're talking about even finding love and dating and that sort of thing. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm going to make, I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to bring it home. Yeah. Go there. <laughs> Go there. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to like love and dating and just interacting with people in general, not everybody's going to like us. And it may not have anything to do with your alopecia. You know what I mean? It, you, it just may be the fact that you've, you've, because you walk around with such confidence that maybe they don't like that because they haven't dealt with something within themselves, you know? Mm. So 
for me, I would take rejection as a fuel of motivation. It gives me perspective. Um, it gives me strength and motivation to just keep going and keep plowing into that notion of self-love and what is my purpose. It also makes me realize, you know what, I've got more work to do. Maybe there's some things that I need to dig deeper about. Um, and I feel like it just opens the door for an opportunity and for a chance for me to be better and also to give and teach myself patience because there are going to be some people that try your patience. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's kind of how I deal with this whole notion of over explaining. And I hope that made sense. <laughs> it did. It did. There are a lot of gems in there. And I like how you take like anything that someone else says, you realize it's not always personal or always about you. It could be something inside themselves, but you still you still turn it around and look at yourself in a new way and think, huh, is there something that I want to be improving on? Or you you kind of use that as a way to grow in yourself. So I think that's, that's very beautiful and it shows a lot of maturity as well. Ooh, Crystal, when you said like, when people say, why don't you just wear a wig? You know, wouldn't that be easier? Oh my God. There are so Get many. Get the soapbox ready. <laughs> right? Yeah. There is, oh, it's just, it can be so hard not to just dive into the many reasons why saying something like that is so wrong. But sometimes it's just best to keep it simple and straight to the point. I think there are, uh, are ways to get your message across without it turning into like a huge TED talk, you know? <laughs> Like you, like we've talked about in previous episodes, and even on this one, you want to be mindful of your energy too, right? You, you don't want to have to explain your alopecia all the time because that can be really draining. And you want to make sure you're respecting your energy levels that day, whatever they're at. So if you keep it simple, you could say something like, maybe it would help me receive less comments or stares, but that doesn't mean it would make it any easier. Wearing a wig comes with its own set of challenges too. But more importantly, wearing a wig doesn't align with who I am, so it's not something that I would find easy. Bam, done. That's it. That's all you need to say. That's it. Bam. That's, I, that's I love that. Good stuff. Yeah. Love it. Let's put right. that on t-shirt. You can really like tackle it however you want. You could... I mean, if you wanted to, you can get into the parts about the question implying that onus is on you for other people's actions or sentiments about alopecia when it most definitely is not. Or, you know, you can say how wearing a wig may be only a limited solution if you're actively working to accept yourself without a wig. Whatever it is, whatever is true to you, you can just have a, a sentence or two prepared for such a situation and stick to it. If you feel like explaining more, I mean, that's power to you. That's power to this community and I'm all for it. But otherwise, you can just end it there. If the person has more questions or comments after that, at that point, you can just say, I'm going to end this conversation here because I'm feeling uncomfortable and I should not have to justify my actions. And you can even give them a link to CanF website or a blog post or even this podcast if they still want to learn more. You know, we're here for you. We can speak if you're not having the energy to that day, just send them a link to our podcast and they can learn a ton or the CanF website or any other resources that you find helpful. So yeah, I think it's all about maintaining your energy and really just realizing you don't have to explain yourself if you don't want to. If you do, just have a couple sentences prepared, whatever feels true to you. Yeah, I agree. And just, and for our listeners out there who choose to wear a wig, a headscarf, a hat, whatever it is, that's what works for you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's what, if that's how you choose to rock 
or cope with your alopecia, then that's on you and that's your power. And that's what makes you comfortable because it's so important to drill at home that there's no right or wrong way when it comes to alopecia. Like we're all still trying to figure this out. Like I'm over 20 years in and I'm still learning something every day, right? So I feel like in this space, you have to do what feels right. Like Sarah was saying, like there's no right or wrong way how to show up. And I feel like we can't let other people's opinions and thoughts dictate how we show up in this space. That's really important. So if you want to rock the wig, sis, rock the wig. If you don't want to, don't. But do not let the opinions of other people's dictate your mood or mess up your day, period. Exactly. Mic drop. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That makes so much sense. And I guess what I'm hearing too is we may not be able to control how others approach us and what opinions they share or even what challenges kind of fall into our laps, but we can control how we relate to our experience. And I guess that's a day-by-day process. So I think to wrap it up, I feel like a quote that really speaks to our conversation today is by Kyra James. And she says, be confident in who you are and proud of who you are becoming. So take that home, let it sink in. And thanks for joining us today. It's been such a great conversation and we hope that there are some pieces of wisdom that you can take from this episode or a laugh or, you know, the feeling that you're not alone. Lauren, that was such a beautiful quote. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Alopecia's Audacity, proudly hosted by Canada. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you may listen. Keep up with us and follow our Instagram and Facebook at Alopecia's Audacity. You can also subscribe to our YouTube at Alopecia's Audacity. We welcome your questions and comments, which can be sent to alopeciasaudacity at canf.org. And you can sign up for our mailing list at www.canf.org. Stay tuned.